The Wilds get another crazy comeback with an extra attacker, but unfortunately fall to the avalanche. We recap the game, plus look at some of the interesting roster questions that will be coming up here throughout the week. All that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free. Locked On Wild is available everywhere you listen to podcasts and is available anytime you want to listen to the show. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap the Wild's 4-3 shootout loss to the Colorado Avalanche with yet another crazy comeback with an extra attacker. Plus, we also look at some of the roster juggling that the Wild will need to do once players come back off the injury list and another strong start from Capo Kakinen. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with plenty of experience covering all of your favorite Minnesota sports teams and now helming Locked on Wild uh, here for the 2021-2022 season. Happy to have you along for a Tuesday edition of the show. And uh, for the Wild, another exciting game against the Colorado Avalanche. Unfortunately, the Wilds coming up on the wrong end of the score sheet with a 4-3 to shootout loss to the Avalanche. And uh, this game had quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of intense moments. And uh, at the end of the day, the Wilds, uh, for the first time in a shootout really this season, uh, come up on the uh, the short end. Uh, the Wild have lost a couple of shootouts now this season. And um, it's rare to see a team like the Minnesota Wild not be able to come through um, in the shootout. But uh, the, the Avalanche were the better team there. And so that is why they came away with the win and why the Wild didn't. But a lot to like and a theme that is continuing to uh, to ring true here is that uh, the Wilds continue to have a huge level of, uh, of compete despite missing several key players on the roster, including Jewel Erickson, Jonas Brodeen, Jared Spurgeon, Cam Talbot, uh, to name a few. But we saw some really encouraging things in the, in the game. The Wild did fall behind 2-0. And if you want to pin one particular spot on uh, the Wild losing this game. I think that is more of a spot to go to um, early on in the game as opposed to the was it a goal, was it not a goal, was there a replay that showed anything on uh, what ended up being the Avalanche's third goal of the night in the third period. So the Wilds commit uh, a penalty with time winding down in the first period, and they commit another penalty right after that to give the Avalanche a five-on-three. The Avalanche score on the first penalty, and they score right as the second penalty 
was expiring. And so if you want to look at a point that kind of determined the outcome, now, yes, the Wild did make the comeback, but you can't give extra opportunities and advantages to a team like the Colorado Avalanche that boast so many elite players, dynamic players, so many of the top players in the league. And we saw what happened when the Wild did. They give up the two goals. Um, the Wild do get back into it. And I know the big hot-button one that uh, a lot of people are going to point to, and I get it, is the goal that Capo gave up that we didn't definitively see cross the line because we didn't have a good camera angle on it. But the NHL did have an angle, and uh, so that plus the just just kind of using what we saw, where the puck looked like it entered um, underneath uh, Kakanen's left skate, that crossed the line. And so, yes, there wasn't really a definitive look uh, that the uh, officials had at the arena. Now, the NHL did find a better one, and so that's uh, what ended up be- making the call. I know Dean Evison was was livid um, at the fact that it was called a no-goal on the ice and that that call was overturned without definitive proof. But at the end of the day, like I can't really get super riled up about that because the Wild ended up scoring, I think it was something like 10 seconds later, went to the extra attacker, and they scored immediately. So that uh, that avalanche goal, whether it was uh, was justified or not, didn't end up... Uh, didn't end up factoring in the outcome, really at all. And so, Wild on the road, got a point, and uh, they had some opportunities to potentially win that game, uh, just couldn't quite get a couple of Matt Boldy looks, a couple of Kevin Fiala looks, just couldn't quite get them to go, um, and ultimately lose in the shootout. Now, Things that we liked, and we'll we'll break them down a little bit more in depth. But uh, just wanted to uh, to rattle off a few things that uh, that we liked that we saw. Uh, Kevin Fiala again continuing what has been a very very impressive stretch for him. Him and Matt Boldy again did really good things, and uh, Fiala was able to score. Boldy assisted on uh, on the goal. Boldy and Fiala both had some opportunities down the stretch that just didn't quite. Uh, lead to goals. And so, as we talked about yesterday, as we'll talk about going forward, those two guys appear to be pretty good locks to uh, to stay on the same line because that chemistry is for real with those two guys. So that was uh, that was something that we really liked to see. Capo uh, Kakinen had a, uh, a nice game. Uh, he made some really, really tough saves and stopped uh, Nathan McKinnon on more than... Uh, more than a couple of uh, different opportunities. And so despite uh, coming away with the loss, uh, Capo was great. Thought he did some uh, some really good things all throughout the uh, the course of the, uh, the game. Kirill Kaprizov with two goals. He was electric as always. And really there weren't a whole lot of players that, uh, that didn't stand out in this one. It was just, I think... The big thing was the slow start. Avalanche came out and they looked like the better team in the first. Wilds, and, and you know that's that's not even. It's hard to 
I know we did earlier in the season, uh, that San Jose Sharks game in particular, where it just didn't seem like the Wilds' effort level was that good. You you do have to give credit to the Colorado Avalanche, especially at home. Very tough team to beat. Very tough team to even go toe-to-toe against. And the Wild, after the uh, the first period, they came out, they uh, they got it to a one-goal deficit, and they uh, they really battled there in the third as well. So at the end of the day, three-game losing streak snapped, but uh, the or three-game winning streak snapped. But uh, the Wild, I thought, did some really good things, and you know they were right in it to the end. Sometimes that's just kind of how it plays out. But um, all in all, I am continuing to go with the. Um, it's hard for me to sweat losses right now, uh, considering that missing Brodeen, missing Spurgeon, missing Jewel Eriksonek. Now, if we get to the point where those guys aren't going to come back, and I know you need to win with who you have on the ice that night, I get that. But those guys will be back at some point, and the fact that the Wild are still competing at a high level with those guys out leads me to believe that that will be elevated once they return. So had the Wild won this game, would have celebrated it accordingly, but the fact that they were able to get a point and uh, were able to you know, keep it close, maybe if you get a bounce here or there, uh, you end up actually coming away with the win. Um, all in all, a lot of good things to, uh, to take away from the game against the uh, Avalanche. We are going to dive into a few other topics of interest that uh, that the game has uh, has provided, such as what is the uh, what's the center position going to look like when Jewel Eriksonek returns? Um, who does he end up centering? Uh, and also, we've seen the uh, the Wild shift and allow a couple of young players to get some prominent looks on the power play, and despite the lack of success for that unit um, from a scoring perspective in this game, uh, the Wild have put themselves in a really intriguing spot. And so we'll uh, we'll talk about all that. We'll continue to break down the 4-3 to three shootout loss for the Minnesota Wild next here on Locked on Wild. BetOnline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started with those bonuses. The NFL playoffs are underway. The NBA, college basketball, the NHL, boxing, and UFC all in full swing. They go all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, and again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. 
Just as a reminder, we are available wherever you listen to podcasts. We are available anytime you want to listen to your podcasts as well. Continuing to recap the uh, Wilds 4-3 shootout loss to the Colorado Avalanche. And as as we move towards getting uh, a lot of players back on the, the roster that are currently not uh, with the team, most notably Jule Erickson Eck, I uh, thought it was interesting that... Um, you know, there's there's going to be a little bit of a dilemma as to what the Wild do at the center position to um, to try to keep these lines going as uh, as they have been. I mean, if if you look at it right now, Kirill Kaprizov, Ryan Hartman, Matt Zuccarello is they're playing as good of hockey as they have the entire time that that combination has been used. Kaprizov had two more goals uh, in this one. And so, like, you can't separate those guys under any circumstances, I don't think. you got to keep that line together and uh, just continue to let them cook, continue to let them do their thing, because it seems like on any given night, one of those guys is having a good game. And... Um, they're just they're doing what you expect from your top line um, and so you know you got to just keep keep them going uh, as as long as you possibly can now we've seen a uh, a step up from the likes of Kevin Fiala and Matt Boldy now that they have been put together and uh, Fiala scored again and uh, Boldy assisted on the goal like and we I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, as many people did, it's not like it was a huge, like, revolutionary take, uh, figuring that Fiala and Boldy would work well together because Fiala, for pretty much the entire season so far, has been placed with mostly defensive guys and includes the likes of Freddie Goudreau. So it seems like you've got Boldy and Fiala set, but who ends up being the center for those two guys? Um, once Jewel Eriksonek comes back, do you continue with Freddie Goudreau, who is is going to be more of a defensive piece than he is offensive? So, do you put him on that line to allow those two a little more freedom to do their thing offensively? Do you have Jewel Eriksonek center those guys, or do you try to get some magic back with that third line? Put Jewel Eriksonek with Marcus Foligno and Jordan Greenway. Let that line go back to what it has been doing, which is kind of being the enforcer line. And, uh, you know, the fourth line did okay. They weren't particularly great uh, against the Avalanche, but I, I like the mix of uh, Duhame, Dewar, and, uh, and Nico Sturm. They're going to, uh, I think, as they play more together, they're going to develop some confidence and some cohesion, but let's just let's just say that you go the Freddie Goudreau route as the center for Fiala and Boldy, and it works, and you get back to the uh, the Jeek line with uh, Felino and Greenway. All of a sudden, you have three lines that can give you really complete minutes 
and can do a variety of different things uh, when they're out there on the ice. So I don't know which one I would go with at this point. It's hard to say. I think I'm leaning more towards just getting that that Greenway, Felino, Erickson, Eckline reunited and letting them do their thing and make the opponent miserable. But I don't know. I would be open to trying Erickson Eck with Fiala and Boldy. Let me know in the uh, in the comments on whichever social media platform you are uh, viewing this. Let me know which one you would prefer. If you prefer Erickson Eck with his old line mates or with Fiala and Boldy, uh, we have to. While we're on the subject, we have to talk about the fact that Matt Boldy has just been a revelation since he came up to the NHL level. He has four points in four games. He has unlocked the best stretch that we've seen from uh, from Kevin Fiala so far this season. He has also looked totally at home at the NHL level. It does not look like the stage is too big for him at all. And so, you know, we, and I don't want to, I don't want to rehash this too much, but you see moves like Rem Pitlick made at the beginning of the season. And it seems like it coincides a little bit too much with the fact that he was expendable at the at the exact time that Matt Boldy was ready to go. And, you know, it this, I think, was always the plan, was to get Boldy up once he was ready. And um, I, I got a couple of tweets here from Brett Marshall, um, host of the Sound the Foghorn podcast. And so let's let's just go through what um, what Boldy has done so far. He has uh, individually 65 minutes, 49 seconds of time on ice, which is right around 16 minutes, 27 seconds per game. Two goals, two assists, both of them primary, 19 shots on goal, 15 shot attempts, eight scoring chances, three of those being high danger. He has a .79 individual expected goals, no penalties, no giveaways, three takeaways, three hits, five blocks, his uh, five-on-five ice impact shots are even, 42 apiece. His uh, expected goals for percentage is 65.3. Um, and uh, the Wild are 22 to 16 in shot advantage with him on the ice. Eight to three in high danger advantage. Four goals for zero goals against. Brett goes on to say, to say that Matt Boldy has been good to start his NHL career would be a massive understatement. He's been superb playing against perennial powerhouses and not only producing points, but limiting chances defensively as well. He's been responsible with the puck. He's helped Kevin Fiala find his game. He's bolstered the power play. He's looked confident, and he looks like he belongs. This is obviously a very small sample size, but against those teams... It's a good sample. Boldy is the real deal, uh, and we should all be excited for this development. So, Matt Boldy, take a bow. Your debut has been sensational for all the reasons listed, and uh, it, it was interesting to see in the game today as well that uh, Boldy and Kalen Addison both got a quite a healthy look uh, 
on the power play. And so uh, we will talk about that as well as Capo Kakinen with another strong start uh, against one of the best teams in the NHL. More to finish off today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. And again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every day and uh, continuing to take a look at what we saw in uh, yesterday's 4-3 shootout loss for the Minnesota Wild against the Colorado Avalanche. I know it's with some players injured, but we are starting to see a little bit of a change in um, just trying to get some new looks for uh, various parts of this wild team. And I point to the example that both Matt Boldy and Kalen Addison had power play time uh, in yesterday's game. Now, over two on the power play. I, I understand you want to see the wild come away with goals in those situations. But what I do like to see is the young kids getting an opportunity in critical spots to try to help this team win games. It's one thing to bring up young players and have them just fill a spot and uh, get some time on the ice, and not necessarily be asked to do a ton with it. But look at what we saw from Boldy. 17 minutes of ice time. He had almost two minutes of power play time. He also had a couple of face-offs. The Wild are asking him to do a lot. And for Kalen Addison, he had 14 minutes of ice time, almost two minutes of power play time himself. Um, that was one of the things that Kalen Addison will bring to the table is a guy who is uh, excels in vision on the ice. And so he has a knack for being able to find open teammates, set plays up. That's that's the other thing is you you know you're looking you're looking at what's in front of you and Addison has a knack to be able to much like now maybe not to the same extent but much like Kirill Kaprizov and just seeing things that other people on the ice don't see. And so the Wild are trying to utilize that to help these power play numbers, but we've also seen, as talked about from Matt Boldy, a guy who is just so sure with the puck and is uh, is not going to be somebody who turns it over. Those two are natural fits for the wild power play. Now, what it looks like when Jewel Erickson comes back, I would imagine that uh, some of those opportunities will still be there uh, for um, at least one of those guys. Um, but I, uh, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, hopefully, they continue to get those opportunities. But you know, again missing a lot of key pieces for this wild team at the moment. I wanted to finish today by giving some love to uh, Capo Kakinen, who again had a very strong start um, for the, uh, the wild here, continuing to fill in for Cam Talbot uh, for the, uh, the wild 
and you know did um, a, a really good job of uh, of coming up with huge saves uh, against this Avalanche team, and not only coming up with big saves, but I, I think against a team like the Avalanche, you almost have to be looking maybe more so than you normally would at just smothering the puck and living with the fact that you're probably going to take more face-offs on your own end than you typically would rather than give up rebound opportunities. The Wild did do well in the face-off circle. They won uh, 50, I think it was 52% of the, 53% of the face-offs. But you have to understand you can't give rebound opportunities to a team like the Avalanche. Cliche, I know, because you don't want to give up uh, rebound opportunities off of shots to anybody, but especially to the Avalanche. And so I think whether that was something that was discussed um, in leading up to this game, it just it seemed like the Wild did a better job of not um, letting the chaos unfold in front of them um, as often as uh, as it has uh, or it had earlier on in the season. And, you know, for Capo to go 35 of 38, and uh, you you look at now the numbers that he's put up on the season and compare them to what uh, Cam Talbot has done so far. Um, in the month of January, Capo is a perfect, he's 3 0 and one um, goals against average is 2.15 save percentage of 934 so I think what we're seeing is that capo is he's able he's capable of taking on more of a role and so I hope when the wild get to where they're ready to activate cam Talbot, and to, uh, to bring him back into the fold uh, and bring him back in between the pipes, I hope we don't go back to the 60-20 that, uh, that the split was looking like at the start of the season. I hope now that they've seen enough from Capo over his last four starts, I hope that we've seen enough to where they can say, you know what, we'd be good with um, maybe not even 50-30, like 45 35 somewhere in there i think i think they really can rely on both of these guys to win games down the stretch and so i hope we see a little bit more of a commitment to uh, getting capo regular play uh down the stretch as opposed to just trying to keep cam talbot um give him as many starts as possible. Like, let's let's divvy it out. Let's even it up a little bit more um, so that we can make sure that these guys are both fresh and that neither of them get worn down uh, before the end of the season. So, all in all, a, uh, a nice performance for the Wilds, a nice bounce back. They, uh, they were able to send the game to overtime. They were able to pick up a point. Um... Matt Boldy continues to uh, to really impress 
in his uh, short NHL career so far. Um, the Wild are going to continue to get players back from injury. And so this really is, this still feels like a team that is capable of competing with anybody. And if we get players back that were injured, then they're certainly capable of going on another run to, uh, to get themselves back up near the top of the standings. No games until Friday and Saturday. The Wild will play the Chicago Blackhawks back-to-back um, at Chicago on Friday and then at home on Saturday as part of Hockey Day Minnesota. So should be a fun weekend and uh, our first look at Chicago this season, um, and it has been a very uneven one for Chicago to say the least. They lost to Seattle in a shootout yesterday, uh, three to two. So should be a fun weekend, but uh, we'll hope that we can get some better injury news from uh, various players uh, throughout the week in anticipation for those games this weekend. Then it is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, you can now head over to the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets is free and available on all podcast platforms, just like Locked on Wild. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, anytime, any place you want to listen. Also, make sure to check out our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search Locked on Wild. You'll find everything we have to offer so you can stay as up-to-date on Minnesota Wild as possible. If a puck drops in the state of hockey, Locked on Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.